0: Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm Courtney. And I'm MK. And how are you? Living the dream, really.
1: Love Um, it. Love it. Basically, I'm going to spend the rest of the summer just talking about things I did in London because nothing else in my life matters. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what I would like to talk about today is the show i saw on the west end when i was in london because i haven't oh, yeah. talked, i haven't talked theater with courtney in a while and that would be back to the future the musical now when i found out that they had even made a back to the future the musical i was like why That was my only thoughts why not Well, and then I looked more into it, and it won Olivier's, and it was really, really well done, whatever. And I was like, okay, we'll see it. Dan and I are nerds. Let's do it. It is in previews in New York, currently at this moment, and it officially opens on August 3rd.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I am telling you right now, if it is the same show in in New York that it is in London... And it does be. not win every single technical Tony that there is. I'm fucking Ooh. never going back to New York. Like, I'm telling you, music was okay. Book was okay. Like, they were what they were. Was not anything to stand out. But the, t- the lighting and the special effects and the staging, if they do not win every single technical Tony next year, I do not know how to theater anymore.
0: It I'm was so excited that to see it.
1: big, like it was that good. I literally, uh, there was one point in the show where my jaw dropped and my eyes bugged out of my head, and I turned and I looked at Dan, and he had the exact same expression on his face, like we were both in a complete
0: awe. Uh, I'm so excited. I gotta, I gotta watch the movie first, but I'm also very excited. I've only heard good things about it, so.
1: Well, and Roger Bart is a freaking amazing. And I love him. So but yeah, um, I because Courtney has not seen the movie or the show, um, I can't really talk about the plot, right. right. And because no one should have the moment that I'm talking about spoiled for them. I will also not talk about that. But just Excellent. in general, just in general, like their use of lighting and screens, and like, it's just Ugh. so good. I
0: love that. Also, in the
1: West End, um, for intermission, theaters in the West End for intermission, they ushers like bring these little trays into the theater with ice cream, like little cups of ice cream that you can buy, like instead of like candy or like alcohol, like when waitress gave you pie and wine well no they're like more like a concession stands they just do it in the house so you don't have to go back out to the lobby
0: well no they do Uh, that at at waitress they bring out a high and wine in in the theater at intermission yeah Yeah. um the
1: every west end theater does this they have like the sponsorship with this little ice cream cup thing and it's like a clotted cream ice cream and it is and they come in little paper like a little paper cups And when you take the lid off, the lid has two layers and you pop the bottom out and there's a wooden spoon inside the cup, just like when you were a kid, but it's like- I was going to say
0: like when you were a child. Yeah, but it's like way better ice cream. Right, right. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I'm so jealous. I want to go now just for that, just for the ice cream.
1: Well, I want to go back because everything that's opening in the fall in the West End, I need to see.
0: I have seen the announcements and I've forgotten every one of them. Well, okay, there's a couple, like, special engagements that I'm, like, desperate
1: to see. Like, Rebecca. Oh, that'll be fun. Um, they have a show coming up called The Interview, which is a I play like I see
0: that announcement.
1: about Princess Diana's interview. Um,
0: I did. I did see that coming out, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be wild. Wild.
1: Um, Yeah. I'm trying to think what else I just saw. I literally was just looking at like a London ticket booking thing because I'm insane. No, it's because it keeps showing up on my Facebook as ads yeah. because I recently bought tickets in the last
0: time. Um, well, it also but- shows up on mine because I talk about theater so much on Facebook. that it's like, you want to see all the theaters in the world now? And I'm like, yeah, yeah I can't do yes, that. Yes, I think d- I do.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of going places, Dan asked me last night if I wanted to go to Tokyo Disney. And I said, yeah, because I was supposed to originally, but then my trip got canceled because of COVID. Right. And I was he was like, yeah, that should be our next big trip. And I was like, oh, my God. And then he was like, wait, do you want to go to Tokyo or do you want to have kids? I go, ah.
0: are those separate entities? Can we not do both? Financially, no. We probably cannot do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Is that your last fair. one? There? No. What do you have left? I haven't. No, I've only done Florida and Hong Kong. I still have Tokyo. Oh, I thought you had done I more. Still have to, no, I still have Tokyo, California, Shanghai, okay. and Paris.
0: But yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Maybe it's then right now. Because you're not, it's not like your last one. Yeah. I'm still saving up for that
1: $110,000 Disney trip around the world where I get to go to all of them. So it's fine. There you go.
0: You do yeah. that. Um, How are you? Also living the dream, also living the dream. Um, I've been very like since I've been back, very like podcasty, surrounded, which has been lovely. Um, obviously, not our podcast. I haven't talked to you in two weeks, but now we're back, so yeah. <laughs> we've made it. Um, but the night I got back, I went and saw Wine and Crime live. Yeah, and it was so funny and so fun me and noelle went and we just had the best time and then we went to the tiktok yeah. diner and i had pancakes and my life was made absolutely so that was super fun but yesterday i had the best podcast outing i don't know if we've talked about the first degree before i'm sure we have because i've been listening to it almost as long oh. as i was listening to my favorite murder yeah um, It's the one that's Jack Vanek, Alexis Linkletter, and used to have Billy Jensen on it. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Post scandal, he's no longer involved. Um, So, they, for those of you who don't know them, Alexis Linkletter has done a lot on, like, the ID channel. She does a lot of investigative stuff on her own, and I think this whole podcasting was her idea, the first degree. They talk to people who are the first degree to usually the murderer, sometimes the victim, but, like, that are really close, so it's not just, like, someone out of nowhere telling a story. And uh um, right, right, right. So Alexis interviews them and does this. And then jack vanek is part of Lady Gang, which is where most people know her from. I did not. Um but that's where she's from. And she is now married to uh Jared Monaco of the Main. For those of you who oh, listen to the Main. I Maine. love the Maine. So I also love the Maine. So I uh they did yesterday their very first so it's the first degree so they call their like listeners firsties yeah. and so they did their very first firsties meetup and it was in new york and so we went down to the francis tavern and it was like 20 people and it was so intimate and it was so wonderful
1: I like they gave out so that. jack
0: fanatic used to do a lot of like um warp tour and stuff and she had a lot of merch and everything so she used to do that like she started doing the elder emo um like bands and stuff and so that. they made they made firsty bands
1: I love the that. Panic
0: <laughs> trademark and uh which is very cool and they were just like the kindest people we just sat around and we had cocktails and pretzels and alexis is just she's from long island and so it's she, like she's so down to earth and she's so like she's the easiest person i've ever spoken to in my I life i love it and then jack is just so kind she like noticed everyone there like i hadn't had i hadn't talked to her yet because i i ended up getting there late because the trains were a mess and she like came up to me and she was like i haven't spoken to you yet and she was like what's your name i'm jack (laughs) it was like okay she was like what do you do why how'd you end up in new like where are you from how'd you end up in new york she like asked my wife's story and um she was just so kind and then like I took a picture with him or whatever later in the night. And then when I was getting ready to leave, I went and I was like, I am headed now. And they like both hugged me. And then Jack Aww. told me that my dress looked like it was designer. And she was like, you look so great in this dress. It's like, well now I'm wearing this every day. So, yeah. But uh, they're just, they're so kind. And they really like, there's a lot in the true crime world that obviously is, you don't know if it's appropriate. Let's say yeah. some people do a lot for shock value or for, you know, stuff like that. Um, there are plenty that do it right, but I feel like they do a, a really good job of yeah, um, getting real justice for the families and doing it in a way that is respectful because a lot of times the families are involved. And so, yeah. so that was super fun. So that was the first time I met them and they were, they're doing a meetup in Chicago next week, I think. And then um, they announced, I don't know if you saw, they announced they arrested a suspect for the Gilgo beach murders. Um, no, I did. Today. Oh, wait. No, and
1: I, maybe I saw that and I just didn't have a chance to read the article.
0: Yeah. Well, they had a, a press conference at 4 p.m. and Alexis was going to that. Like, she was part of because she did Unraveled, which was the Long Island serial killer case. And so, obviously, people never know if those murders are actually connected or not. Yeah. But she was so involved in the investigative side of all of that and everything that she's like, she was going to the press conference to be a part of nice. all of that. So, it's it's just very cool what they do and, and they're just so kind and down to earth and I love them. And it love was beautiful. It. Love everything beautiful. Except our spirituality. Oh.
1: So today I wanted to share something just quick and short and gives us I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Um the quote supposed <laughs> Remember that life's big changes rarely give advance warning. H. Jackson Brown Jr.
0: I hope so. I hope so. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm here. Yeah. I know. I am in shock and I'm here, so thank you. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I love that, though. Um, now it's time to get into one of the Quintessential horror films. It has been noted multiple times as the scariest movie ever made. It was it's the, the first so horror it's not movie. Yeah, but, it was the first horror yeah. movie ever to win an Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, oh, oh yeah, it's coming. It's coming. um It's, but it's also like, like even in 1999, it was still on the list of like most of like scariest movies. um I'm sure it's not the scariest now. Because did you did you actually find it scary? No, okay. Maybe. I found it
1: disturbing. <laughs> I but, found, a, yeah, there was some moments
0: that I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." But it wasn't. I, I didn't find it scary. But it was. I mean, you know, the graphics were not there, and so just because it's from the seventies. Yeah. But like I said, it's The Exorcist from nineteen seventy three, and it aired on December twenty sixth, as all good horror movies do. Merry Christmas! Um, actually, I think they come out on Christmas Eve now. But mm, yeah, you know. So in that, happy in that boxing time day happy boxing day um and there's some other days in there um it was rated 8.1 out of 10 which feels low for how highly it was rated at the time but i'm guessing this is a lot of like post post rating like yeah. now nowadays because like i uh, probably would not give it an 8.1 but because of how acclaimed it is i was i thought it might be better yeah
1: i hated um, it
0: that's okay you usually aren't a huge fan of all of the horror movies so it's fine there's still plenty to talk about even if you didn't enjoy it um the number one song was probably the most beautiful girl by charlie rich but i found a lot of conflicting answers and so it could have also been time in a bottle by jim croce which i like better so i'm gonna believe it was that one um the number one movie was magnum force and the number one book was Burr by Gore Vidal, 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 Vidal. it's yeah. the I-D-A-L. I recognize it's the name, but I never say yeah, it Yeah, okay. it's like, I think so. And then on this day, were some uh, space-related activities. Nice. Um, Soyuz 13 returns to Earth. Um, two Skylab, three and, um, astronauts walked in space for a record seven hours. So, we're, Fantastic. like, making some progress. Yeah. Um, Kit Harrington and Jared Leto were born, not in 73, but it is their birthday. I was Probably not say. too far off from that time, though. Like, I'm probably, so- like, within the next six years or so. I think they are both late 70s. Kit maybe
1: Harington's 80s. Harington's not that old, is he? I don't know him well enough, but I... Thought- I swear he's only maybe
0: 40. Yeah, that'd be early '80s, maybe, maybe late '70s. No, he's thirty-six. Okay. Oh, okay. No, he's younger than I thought. Never. He mind. was born in '86. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, he's just he's
1: in, he's in my age range of people I <laughs> could <Yeah>. date. <laughs> um, Jared uh, Leto. Jared Leto is fifty-one, though. So he was born in '71. So he was. It was already. Yeah. He adjusted. Oh, Jared Leto boy. is fifty-one. Fuck that
0: guy. (laughs) I know. I just love talking about him. I hate him so much. Um, And also Gerald Ford died on this day, but in 1969. And then it's also, aside from Boxing Day and et cetera, it's also Tsunami Awareness Day in Thailand, Malaysia, and Indonesia. So here's the thing about this movie being a classic. I'm going to have a bit more information on the front end than I normally do because... These directors have been around longer; they're very acclaimed, and there. And then the the same thing with the the cast. So it probably won't take hours by any means, but it is going to be a bit a bit lengthier than normal. So, the director is William Friedkin, who I will continue to talk about until I close my notebook at the end of this episode. There's so much, yeah. um, but he's known for aside from this to live and die free in L.A., The French Connection, and Killer Joe. I don't know what Killer Joe is, but the other two I'm I haven't seen, but I'm very familiar but, yeah. with them. I mean, the French Connection won like every award it could win, basically. Yeah. Um, and some fun facts about him: uh, Bernard Herrmann, who did the music for Citizen Kane. So Citizen Kane was one of the first movies that uh, William Friedkin really enjoyed. He said he thought it was one of the best movies ever made. He told him he wanted him to do the music for The Exorcist, and he said but I want you to make it better than Citizen Kane. And Bernard Herman said, then why don't you make a better movie than Citizen Kane? And I was like, oh, Vern, Vern, William. Ah. Um, he did, however, have some similar torture choices he used, similar to Alfred Hitchcock. He would shoot off guns beside people's heads for shock value. They were yeah. rough on people's bodies, which we will get to in a bit. Um, yeah. It was not a great scenario. No, no, no. Um, He was also listed incorrectly as the youngest director to ever win the Best Director Oscar um, at 32, but his birth date was wrong, and so he was actually 36 at the time, and he was not the youngest to ever win it. So it was rightfully given back to someone else. Yeah. I forgot the guy's name. Um, But movie i haven't seen he has come out and said Duke is the scariest movie he's ever seen and i have heard that it's very scary I uh, yeah line, that's like, that no the new
1: babadook have, i have i've seen know,
0: clips out. from it
1: and that is enough to make me not want to never ever watch it yeah. i have heard nothing but that it is genuinely terrifying
0: yeah yeah so that's william freaking so then we go to the writer who is william peter Blatty, and he is the novel writer but he is also the screenplay writer he did both um so he's known for the thing so here's the thing here's the things he's known for the exorcist the exorcist three the exorcist the beginning and the ninth configuration he wrote on all the other exorcist movies i don't know why the second one was not included before the third one but it's not good i mean it's possible it's possible. It like from so I haven't seen it obviously but from what it was saying it is a bit of a different take on like the demon. It's kind of strange. Okay. Um so he's also Oh, this is my first screenshot for you guys that I have some notes on. It says So oh, this is oh this is actually really funny. So years before he became fi- famous for writing the exorcist he was on gradual marks quiz show you bet your life which i think they rebooted like within the past five years or something but yeah. what it is is you go on the show and you pose as either yourself or as someone else and you have to make him get it wrong so either he yeah. has to say you're not who you really are or whatever like that's the whole thing so he went on there and poses like an arab chic and he with so many wives that he could not recall how many he had. That was his whole shake. And Groucho Marx was so taken aback that he did like, he ended up believing it and he won $10,000 on the show. And so they were like, what are you going to do with this? Like with this money? And he was like, well, I have $10,000. I'm just going to take some time off and write a novel. And that's when he wrote the exorcist. So I was like, that's, right, that's how it goes. That's fine. Um, yeah. And also I, um, was it on this podcast that we talked about Tippi Hedren's, uh, lion movie where she had like 40 lions in her house that oh. she made a movie called Roar? <laughs> oh, no, it was my not on like this podcast. I think that was just your personal life. I have never heard that fact Great. before. So this is a, it's just going to be quick, Ben. Um, so Tippi Hedren, her husband, Marshall, someone who else, he's important. He's in movies and stuff. He does movies and yeah. stuff too. They decided they were going to, they had a very like, um weird relationship. Oh yeah, because her daughter is a famous person. Um, This is where I came from. I don't remember who her daughter is now. But what they did was they decided they were going to make this whole movie, essentially. It It was supposed to be a real movie, but they had 40 lions living in their house. And so like, the kids grew up with these lions because they were trying to raise them to create a movie called Roar and they wanted it to be very realistic. And I don't know how they didn't all die. But at the same time that they were making this movie apparently Marshall had like worked on, he was like working as like an agent or something for uh, William, um, this, this William Platt Blatty. but they never signed an agreement. And so like we get all the way to the end and William Blatty's like, yeah, we made all this money, but you're not getting any of it. Cause we didn't actually sign an agreement that says you would get any money. They ended up settling out of court, but it was all amidst them having no money because they bought all of these lions to have at their house and make this movie that no one ever saw.
1: Also, Melanie Griffith, this is her daughter?
0: Melanie Griffith, yes, yes.
1: I was like, it's someone like that I like that's famous. Yeah, yeah. and then Dakota Johnson is
0: her granddaughter. Right, yes. Yeah. So um, I don't know why I know that story in my life, but it is a fun fact for you now. Great. So welcome. Um, all of these people just have like some of the wildest stories. So it's just, it's a bit unhinged, and I'm sorry. Uh, not the next one, though. The next one, the editor, is Norman Gay. And he's known for The Exorcist. He works on The French Connection with uh, William Fried- Friedman. The Equalizer, like the original. And then okay. Shockwaves. I don't I don't know what Shockwaves is, but I've heard of the others, obviously. Um, and then the other editor is Evan A. Lotman, And sometimes he just goes by Evan Lottman. He's known for Apocalypse Now, The Exorcist, Maximum Over... Maximum Overdrive and Presumed Innocent. So, like, all of these people have pretty good credits under them, but it all was stuff that happened, well, most of it was stuff that happened, like, post The Exorcist because they got such a big name from doing this movie. Right. Um, So then our stars of the show, we will start with none other than the title character, Ellen Burstein. Um, If you've noticed, if you've looked for it, it literally just says The Exorcist, Ellen Burstein, blah, 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 on every cover of the show. Right. Um, I she thought she was saying
1: the title character as in The Exorcist. And I was like, no, oh, she's no, not. No. That's not how that works. <laughs> no, her name's just with the title. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah.
0: I meant more how Broadway does, does title, like does the name over the title. Right, yeah. Um. So she plays Chris McNeil, who's the mother. Um. She's known for Requiem of a, for a Dream, which I've never seen and think I would love. Um, yes. Alice doesn't live here anymore in the last picture show. And of course the exorcist. Um, yes. so this is where we get into a bit of our, uh, our, uh, torture device tracks. So the scene where she is, uh, thrown back from the bed, yeah. she was on a harness and it pulled too hard that she actually ended up with a spinal injury. Um, Ooh, that was pretty detrimental that, you know, that she now has suffered with for her life. Right. um but is also now an ordained minister so she doesn't treat coffee or alcohol but she does do yoga and i was like did they just pick three things people like they were like people like coffee alcohol and yoga and they were like she doesn't do two but she's got the other one on her list don't worry like whatever sometimes these facts i'm like i don't understand why you chose this but that's okay
1: yeah
0: um but most interesting fact to me she's the mentor for megan Mullally. Like they're very different genres. Very, very different. different people. Yeah. But uh kudos. Okay. I guess they make a good team because they're both doing well. Yeah. So, I mean, she's still like out and about, so Yeah. Um, next up we have Max Van Sidel, who is plays father Marin. And he has now passed, but he was known for Flash Gordon, the Seven Seal. Extremely loud and incredibly close and minority report. Again, all things. I have not heard of the Seven Seal, but everything else I've heard great things about. Yeah. Um, he's one of the few actors who's played both the God, both both God and the devil. Um, which is always seems to be an interesting fact for when I look on Wikipedia. Right. And he is the only male Swedish actor who was nominated for a Tony ever. And he's one of, I think it was six, like, actors total, like, Swedish actors total who have been nominated. I mean, not, not Tony, an Oscar. Oh. Um, yeah. And there was, like, Ingrid Bergman was, like, one of the first ones. It's, like, six really well-known people, and they're the only Swedish people to have ever been nominated for an Oscar. Fantastic. Um, yeah. But he passed in 2020, which was sad. So then we go to... Also,
1: sorry, Um, before you move on, also, I was just double-checking that I wasn't wrong, but um, Ellen Bernstein is the only original, one of the only original cast members who will be returning in the 2023 Exorcist movie. Chris McNeil is in that movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I hadn't even looked to see who was in the cast. Oh no! I just seen. remember
1: when we did research on it, it said that Alan Bernstein mm-hmm. was coming back, and I was like, "Oh," because I was just assuming. When is e- Linda Blair that, like... not coming back? No.
0: Interesting choice. Interesting. Right. That's. I'm fascinated. Um, yeah, um, because that's that's what I'm talking about next, and I I know she did come back for a lot of the sequels, so I'm surprised to hear she's not in this one because no. she's also still acting. Yeah. Um. She plays, of course, Reagan. Um. Which is we will talk about. She's known for uh, Savage Streets, Hell Night, and Roller Boogie. She did all her own roller moves in Roller Boogie. She was very into the, into the roller times. Um, but she did receive a lot of death threats for this movie, um, even though she was a child. But that's fine. And yep. the, so Warner Brothers had her under protection for six months. And then they stopped having her under protection, even though the death threats had not stopped. So her family ended up having to shuffle her between four different states constantly until the threats Ooh. stopped. Love it. Oh Hollywood. Good times. Um, and now we love she's to see our children lake. protected. Yeah. She's very like charitable and seems to be doing really well with her life. All of her money now goes to different charities and she's really focused on like animal rescue and stuff. So good. Like, she's vegan now. Like she's doing, a, she's doing all kinds of things. That she was good. on the last season of the Masked singer. Oh, I didn't know. I'm, I'm still so behind on that show, but like she's, and she's still doing stuff. Like she's awesome. still out and about, but yeah. So last, but certainly not least, we have Lee Jacob, who plays Lieutenant Kinderman. Um, He's known for 12 Angry Men, On the Waterfront, Exodus, and Armand Flint. And this might be my favorite fun fact. The character of Willie Loman from Death of a Salesman. Yeah. Was written specifically for him by Arthur Miller. Love that. And so he ended up doing like a, like there were a ton of shows he did for Arthur Miller. Like apparently they were like super close, but Willie Loman was specifically written for him to play. Love that. So, yeah. So, uh. Let's let's get into it. So what? So obviously neither of us had seen this movie before today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you have like expectations? Did you know anything about it? Like going into it?
1: Um, I knew that it was supposed to be um, creepy. Uh, I feel like now that I've seen it, I realized all of the scenes that were creepy I'd already seen. Um, mm. which is why it isn't scary to me, I don't think. Um, I, yeah, I knew it was supposed to be, like, scary. Um, I thought it was supposed to, like, be kind of open-ended, which I guess it was, but I didn't understand the ending at all, so that
0: made it a little more I got difficult. the ending, but I didn't. Feel like it was open ended, but I know there's multiple sequels and like yeah,
1: like that's the like, thing is a good in- gets
0: possessed again, so like I don't,
1: yeah, I fully don't now. understand.
0: I don't, I fully don't yeah, understand. If this was a standalone, I get it, but since it's not, yeah. I don't understand where it was meant. To Correct, right. um, yeah, yeah. So I also I didn't know a lot about it. I hadn't seen a lot of the like videos of the scenes but i'd seen pictures of all of the scenes that were supposed to be scary oh yeah um, no the the vomiting the vomiting, like the vomiting the, yep. the,
1: yeah the vomiting the crab walk the head spinning all the way around mm-hmm. i think the only scene that actually shocked me because it was the only one i hadn't seen before because you can't play it on youtube is the is the stabbing masturbation yeah. scene yeah That's um, the only- that was
0: actually not performed by linda blair that was by erica Dietz um who was her double yeah um who did also like a lot of her voiceover stuff for the demon um which was probably for the best she was already an established actress at the time yeah so yeah but that's the only
1: that was the literal only scene that gave that shocked me at all because it was the Mm -hmm. only one of the four like big creepy moments that i genuinely had never seen before
0: yeah i totally agree i was like I wasn't shocked. But even, like, I think even if I had seen those other scenes, because of the quality of it, it's got that, like, same feel of when you watch older movies, which this actually didn't have it so much, but it has that same no, feel. No, it like, actually, you see, claymation type stuff. Yeah, it was but surprising. It looked a more realistic. Yeah,
1: I was surprised by how little I felt the, like, oh my God, this is so old, the way I felt, like, when I watched Halloween. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah. But no, um,. No, the one thing that I think they did really well, I just didn't understand the point, Mm -hmm. was the subliminal,
0: like, insert shots. So there was actually a lot more of those that were supposed to happen and they got taken out. um, Okay. Well, I mean. Because they want it to be more of a running theme throughout.
1: Well, because yeah. you know, I think they you, are
0: maybe back in a director's cut, but like,
1: because I know I some, something. I know a lady had a
0: seizure in the theater and blamed it on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she did. And, and they ended but, in a settlement. So we don't know what happened. there. Was but no I do know
1: because I know the, the scene where um, the dad mom is walking up the subway steps and then it flashes to the, the creepy face. And then mm-hmm. I literally rewound it because I thought I, like, had a spasm. Yeah. I was like, did I fucking see that? And then I went back and I go, oh, shit, no, that was there. Okay. And then, but then from then on, I knew it was coming whenever it came. So, like.
0: But... Right. Like, as as disjointed as this movie may have been and not as captivating as I would have liked. I won't <sighs> say I hated it. it no, I was don't know that actually... I hated it pretty well written i think like it was it, it i think just, i would have liked it as a book that was a little bit yeah i think i think i would have liked so it better I don't as a that book that's true because it was apparently um much more graphic um as a book and like okay. they wanted like the uh stabbing masturbation scene was like 12 minutes longer than that and they didn't yeah, no. do it because they no, were like, "This just, is gratuitous." So,
1: like the first first forty five minutes of the movie were a waste of my time.
0: Yeah, I literally. So, I started the movie, and it starts obviously it starts in Iraq, so they have a, they're in a different language, and I was like, "Did I accidentally rent a foreign film?" Like. what what am i watching right now
1: my problem was i just recently went to the british museum and um had a very long conversation with a lot of people about um how uncomfortable it must be to have to travel to england to learn your own country's history because you know um so my thought when that started was oh good all of our problems go back to white men
0: taking things that they shouldn't have great yes that yeah, was like, of course, we start with uncovering something that we shouldn't have, that we should have just left buried. Yeah. But, um, no.
1: but then to be they, fair,
0: I don't fucking know how that's connected either because they did so a terrible job of connecting it. It was terribly done at connecting it, but the idea behind it is actually kind of smart. Um, I did read some of the background on it and they made it to where it was more of like they start out in Iraq. And they have like a muslim prayer and then you come into like this household that's not religious and then you have the catholicism and what happened was they wanted to make it all-encompassing of religions because while it was a heavy catholic focus obviously they didn't want it they wanted it to reach everyone and so they tried to tie all these pieces no that's not what i have an issue with that's fine cool
1: but in the dig he finds this thing and this necklace and then they have this moment and he's walking through the desert and then he sees this fucking statue and everything's kind of creepy and
0: then they never fucking explain that ever again so again it's it's connected but they don't tell you that so it's the uh i'm it's a it's a creepy demon um that if you say it's supposed to be bad luck so i'm not gonna say it but there is a the demon that was possessing her is supposed to be a really well-known demon. And the statue that he found that he uncovered was a statue of that demon. And so him uncovering it was what released it into the world. And then it attached to her. And that's what happened. But how did it get Um, to her from Iraq? Like, no. Yeah. You don't get that from what you watched. No.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I I can, I can make the assumption that he released the demon into the world because also the demon then knows his name. Great. Cool. Mm -hmm. All of this. So far it checks out. But how did the demon travel from Iraq to a, a house in Georgetown, Washington? Couldn't fucking be. tell me. Yeah. How did a different
0: priest have the chain on that he found in the... I don't... It doesn't make any sense. No. It, it doesn't connect. It doesn't connect. And those... that Like you said, the first 45 minutes, it's it's so disjointed. Because, like, even when we're seeing the priest with his mom, and it's like we're going back and forth between these scenes that don't connect for so long. Like, and they... Kind of doing, and I and don't, and, and like I don't need,
1: th- <laughs> but, but I don't need that much backstory for any no. of those people for mm-hmm. the rest of the movie. Yeah, like and- I know more about Burke Dennings than I ever need to fucking know about anybody in my life,
0: and all he is is a plot device for death. I was gonna say all he is is dead, like, and that's that's one flaw I find in a lot of these movies that came out around this time. Because the same thing happened with Psycho. You have that very first part that's actually very intriguing. Everything after the like shower scene, it's like 45 minutes of this could have been a five minute scene that like you told us what happened after. And so this one was a bit flip-flopped, but it's the same thing. And you see it in like all these old movies that it's like well and that's why, why, I, why that's this? why if obviously the gratuity
1: would make it more uncomfortable and I would not like that sure. at all. But that much exposition can work in a book. It cannot work in a movie. Yeah.
0: And, like, you can build suspense, but you have to do it with music. You have to do it with lighting. You have to do it with events. You can't just say it to each other.
1: Oh, great. And, okay, here's the thing. The Exorcist theme, that music, is so Mm -hmm. iconic. And as soon as it started playing, I was like, oh, something big's going to happen. And then it fucking didn't.
0: No. And it's only played. So I was reading about that. It's only played four times throughout the movie. But it's, like made is this like entire thing that it like runs through the whole thing and it just is like four it, small pieces it's like yeah and uh, the first time it played it, it was just the first time it played it
1: was just uh miss chris walking down that's her name right chris yeah. McNeil. Mm-hmm. chris walking yeah. down the sidewalk and then she sees the father karis and then she keeps walking and why did we hear that music at that point Like, you know, and you know what I mean? It just doesn't even, it doesn't even... And that's the thing is, I understand that it's a different time. Mm -hmm. I'm not even commenting on the fear factor or the special effects or any of the things that you would normally criticize about a 70s movie. I just find so many issues with things that shouldn't have happened in any movie ever. Like, it's not a, it's not a, like, if they had... All of the good things about this movie, like the good plot points about this movie with the same special effects, I could genuinely see it being scary. But because the first 45 minutes bored me so much, I don't know if I was paying attention enough to the scary things to be scared. Right.
0: But also, this movie was two hours long. This could have been done in an hour. Like, you could have done the same... Do it as like a... Like a mini movie, than like a horror movie of the week, you know. Like it doesn't. I mean, it wouldn't have gotten as big that way. But it was, and there. This isn't even the director's cut. It's an hour and fifteen minutes. It's not even director's cut, right? Like- and like
1: I, I've read so many things about it being banned in different countries and people mm-hmm. passing out in the movie theater and it being so horrifying. And granted, I don't know what it was like in 1973 when you didn't see gratuitous gore on TV all the time. Yeah. So I will. I will. Obviously, give credit where credit is due. But, like, I was uncomfortable. I found things disturbing. I found things creepy.
0: I was never scared. I'm not going to have trouble sleeping tonight from it. No. no. And I and I think that's a... I mean, I might, I mean, but I also just have trouble sleeping all of the time. Well, sure, yes. <laughs> not because of this, though. <laughs> yes, uh Same. Um, but yeah, like at this in this movie, I I'm a little now that I've seen it, I'm a little shocked to see the high acclaim because also while I just said Psycho could have been cut shorter too, Psycho came out before this and I felt like it had way more suspense going on and like I was more well, I mean Alfred Hitchcock isn't sort of the king of
1: suspense it. for no is not the king of suspense for no reason right. like right
0: but, but like if you have a movie like that and then you have a movie what is it, five years later, like, this come out, and they're like, this is the scariest movie ever. And I'm like, it's not, though. Like, I would have more trouble sleeping through some of the suspense I've seen from Hitchcock that's also not that scary now, but, like, than I do from this. And so it's just... And, and again, like like you were saying, the end, whether it's open-ended or not, whether it's meant to be, I don't know. I don't think it should have been open-ended, but it seems like it it is. And so it doesn't... But also, like...
1: I also don't understand the ending like he took the demon out of her and then killed himself to not let the demon take control but like how did
0: that how does that actually kill a spirit it doesn't which is why I assume there's a second movie but yes and it happened so suddenly like I know I know there's their conversations they're like we can be together again like when it was his quote-unquote mom within the demon or whatever but it's like but then like also we're still did they kill the old guy priest or not he died trying to no no they didn't kill him he died trying to do the exorcism because it was just if so, you remember, exhausting. They said, it was so exhausting yeah. and like draining if okay, you remember so they said just... the last one almost killed him got
1: it got and it, got so got this
0: it. one actually
1: killed him it was um, because he yeah, because could... he was because he was actually able to do exorcisms and he was using all of that power and like physical right. mental energy and it just killed him Okay, yeah. that's what I thought happened. But then also I was confused because I thought maybe they stabbed him with the cross. But then there was no blood, mm-hmm. and then I was just very like very confused. Yeah.
0: No. Um. Yeah. He just died. But then when Ke- when Karis came in, and it was like we could be together again. He's like, oh, is that how it's going to be? And then it's like immediately that way. And then he's out the window. And it's like we've been watching this play out for two hours now, and it's over in ten seconds. Like, what? Yeah. Like that was just. It was such a it was such a meant to be built up for something that didn't have like a satisfying ending. Right. And also like fuck every doctor in that movie. That was my first note. That is my first note I had. I was like, I am so mad at everyone in mental health. And like, also this guy started, well, he started out as a priest and then went to John Hopkins and Bellevue and all these places and became um, like a psychologist. And then he went back to being a priest but he was like not believing in demons and i'm like aren't you a priest isn't that your job like
1: and then and then the guy was like there's only been a hundred like confirmed cases of split personality in the whole world so like i don't believe you
0: yeah there probably was in the 70s that was probably still the rule like don't um but don't be an asshole but then also it was like this guy was trying so hard to believe in anything that wasn't a demon, too. Because when he was like, I can refer you to, like, for an exorcism, he's like, but it's all in the mind, and if they just think it's real, they'll think the exorcism's real, too. And I was like, why Why are you trying I so mean, hard okay, to not... To, like, to be it?
1: fair. To be fair. There is a lot of so-called possession and things that are out there in the world that are just mental breakdowns, and that you, if you get what you need to Tell yourself you're better; you will be. Um,
0: but also, usually, but of that course, includes, that's like also medicine th- or something too. Like, it's not always just oh like, yeah, no. You can figure out. I mean,
1: sometimes you have schizophrenia and you need medication. Right. But like, um, no. But I think I do. I do think that there's definitely like a willpower aspect to it um, mm-hmm. in a lot of mental health conditions. But also, um, there is actual like like writings and and history that proves that demon possession may exist so like if you have studied both the catholic church and the field of mental health completely (laughs) writing off the idea of a demon existing
0: feels not correct to me right and like if you start seeing this stuff like it's hard to believe like i'm like i'm a christian i believe in god whatever but like if you show me stuff that quote unquote conflicts like i'm also probably gonna believe that but it's because i don't see one thing like i don't see it as separate from each other either right and so like i don't understand how you can be like this is what i believe of medicine but that and that means demons aren't real and it's like that doesn't mean that (laughs) that that's not how that works that's not how math works um, and so this whole time I was just so angry and I was like, and but also I think it's a mental health issue. You're not doing anything for that. Like, but like, also we're talking about the seventies and the
1: amount of mental health and psychiatry that even existed. So like, how would you even not believe in demons? Cause at that point they probably like still thought that flat feet gave you learning disabilities.
0: Right. They understood more about demons than they did about <laughs> mental health at the time. So like, why is that their automatic go-to? I don't know. That was, um, wild to me. I was so literally, I think it's like my first three notes. I was so mad at all the doctors.
1: I was Um, mad at everyone who was on the archeological dig who didn't need to be there. I was mad at all of the doctors. I was mad at the police officer who is using confession as a way to get out of doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was mad at Burke Dennings for getting drunk and trying to fight a Nazi. For, why was that in the movie?
0: <laughs> it's the seventies. Like we're we're far, we're far enough like removed from that 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 did not right. Like necessary. it's n- it's not nineteen fifty four. We're not
1: still fighting yeah. Nazis.
0: <laughs> no, it's uh, that was wild. Um, at least not, at least not like yeah. openly at a dinner party. Sure, right, right. It's not like it's in conversation as much. Um, but yeah. So also one of the things well quick question do priests become other professions is that a thing like so
1: um different different um orders of priests can do different things within it but like becoming a priest doesn't necessarily mean that that's your um only job you can be a priest that like at a church but you can also be a priest that is part of an order that everyone who is in that order is a teacher you can be a chaplain and like like work for um uh like uh hospitals and things like that so it is it is possible i don't necessarily know that priests tend to go to school to get full on other degrees um
0: but so it's familiar with
1: like chaplains and stuff. So that makes yeah. sense, and like so and like teachers make sense, obviously as well. And like um, missionaries, especially like in the time when there were still missionaries, you had to have some kind of medical stuff because you were going into like right, crazy right. situations. I feel like everyone um, did. Like it wasn't that's, limited. <laughs> that's fair. Um, no, but so yeah, priests can have additional jobs, but I don't necessarily know that being a psychiatrist is. Well, yeah. also, I also don't know because the amount of people and the types of jobs within the priesthood are vastly different now than they were in the 70s. Yeah,
0: it's very strange. Um, I mean, psychiatrists are different now than they were in the 70s. So that's true. You know, they were probably both in half positions at this point, even if they went through med school. But uh, yeah, the one thing, <laughs> the other thing that really set me off before I started getting into more like fun fact discussions yeah Uh, so we talked about how the graphics weren't really that terrible for being a movie from 73 like they weren't what i expected um except the scene where she has her belly and it says help me and so i did read about it and about the prosthetic stomach yeah they did take a prosthetic of her stomach and it was the way they were like oh it went so smoothly because they shot it and it looked like it was bubbling up and i was like that felt very sudden when I was watching it. Like I don't feel like I had like a watching it happen. It was like not there, and we flash. Oh, back see, I there. did. Oh, did, did. you? Okay. Like really really I felt fun. like because I felt like
1: because the 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 shot that it was on it for a real a longer time. Yeah. I could see it starting to ripple and be shapes, but they didn't look right. like letters. And then when it went back, most of the letter like I I didn't I thought it was it could have been drawn out longer. but also at this point they drew out everything unnecessary god forbid they draw out the
0: necessary things sure that and that makes sense that makes sense and i i did see that i just felt very sudden for me i was like oh okay we're not gonna like really see this go forward but just just enough i guess just enough
1: um no we were too busy fighting nazis in the kitchen
0: well you know the important things um also the the power of christ compels you was said they've said it 14 times in a row that's that's when they had that whole big scene. I was like, that feels like overkill. Um, it didn't actually kill anyone.
1: Here's the thing. It might've been, but it is one of the most memorable things of this movie. Do you know how
0: yeah. often I say that to people? I Christ. I've, the amount of times I've heard that Christ from everyone from in my life. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you've seen this movie. It doesn't matter what generation you are. Like, everyone says this. Yeah. yeah. Correct. So, like, stands out. Um. So, i think we've i think we've gone about 45 minutes so i do have some quick i have like 20 pieces of trivia so it's quickish um that we'll get through um so you talked about it was banned in a lot of places which is um but also the original teaser trailer apparently was too scary that it actually got banned like from almost all theaters so like they released it and then we're like nope can't use just, that anymore. Just kidding. Definitely Can't. not going to um, do that. Yeah. Um, and it was, this is, again, a little bit baffling, but it was the time. It is the highest grossing Warner Brothers film of all time. And now that accounts for inflation and everything. Like, it's not like it didn't make $3 million, whereas something else made $2 million this year. But based on inflation rates, it's the highest grossing. You're telling
1: me that not a single Harry Potter movie outsold this
0: movie? I'm thinking it must have been production costs set it off because it was did like, make yeah. quite a bit. And so hit, I was, was know, like, "Are you was a lot more expensive to make?" I was like, it "Was like are, were the people in 1973 on straight crack cocaine?" Yeah. I, I mean, also probably yes. It's um, true. But but it was the highest grossing, so I'm thinking it must have had a really. I did not look up its budget, but I'm guessing it must have had a really low budget. Yeah, and then you know, I mean, it still in 1999 was being rated as the scariest movie of all time, so. You know, you do it for 25, 26 years. It was budget know. was 12 million. Well, that's a little higher than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but, but, not- but
1: it, but it, but yeah. it grossed 428 million.
0: Yeah. So that's a difference. Yeah. So it's quite high. It's also the highest grossing um rated R film ever, um, which is, it's, just, it's a little more real, like realistic, I feel like. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of rated R films don't span generations. That's the other thing is, like, I feel like so many people watch this as a child. Like, I feel like our parents' generation, so, like, they were born in the, like, 60s. So this movie came out in the 70s. Yeah. And so many of them saw this as, like, a child or, like, an early teenager. And I was like, you are you are not old enough to see this. Like, this is very disturbing. And, like, it was it was wild to me. Yeah, um, that was okay. that was one thing that was. Oh, yep.
1: So Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets had the smallest budget of any of the movies, and its budget was a hundred million. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's where I um, and it made it made, yeah. made eight hundred and seventy nine worldwide. So that is still a much bigger margin, but you know, we were poor then; like our money was worth nothing.
0: Yeah. So it's it's inflation rates. It's not. direct. Yeah. yeah, for sure um yeah but speaking of like children seeing it so chris mcneil's son wanted to see it because everyone was watching it but he was like i think seven or eight at the time when it came out Mm -hmm. and she was like absolutely not you're too young and so she finally let him see it for his 14th birthday and apparently he came out afterwards and was like you were right i was too young to see it (laughs) thank (laughs) you so much i would like to never do that again I was like, "Yep, I think you're still too young at 14, too, but maybe you can only fight for so long." Like, right, know?
1: right, right, right.
0: And you know, it was the 70s, and people seemed to care less, so that's fine. Um, so like I said, uh, Mercedes McCambridge, who I I was, I believe, also Erica Dietz. I think Mercedes was their stage stage name. Um, mm. was the one who did the voice of the demon, and yeah. to get that voice, she did. She had raw eggs. She chain smoked. And she drank whiskey. However, she was currently starting her recovery process as an alcoholic. But she insisted that whiskey was the, the way to make her voice sway because she had experience with it over the years. So she insisted on having someone with her while she was doing this so that she wouldn't end up going across the line. She could still like keep that. Like, she would un- drink sound. exactly
1: enough whiskey to make her th- throat do that yep. and then have it taken away from her.
0: What if, Which I was like, "Oh, got to be a better way, right? <laughs> like, can I t- tell you a thing? Yeah. This is
1: anecdotal information, but I have it from reliable sources. Oh, I love that. That, um, speaking of alcoholics and their jobs, I personally know someone, knew someone, they have passed on now, so it's a different time, talking about priests in different times. I personally knew someone who was an alcoholic in recovery who went on to join the priesthood and was told by the Catholic church that the wine for mass
0: didn't count. That's not, that's not how alcohol works.
1: And so they would then have wine with mass every day time they did
0: mass. Sure. Yeah, of course. And to be fair, they're alcoholics. <laughs> be fair he was a very good person
1: like he 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 really did only drink the the wine at mass and then he did not like binge drink after that's good Um, that's
0: good yeah because because
1: power of the mind he believed that that was what he was doing
0: yes you can convince yourself of so many things it's Wild, we got to watch a movie one day that's all about like stuff in the mind because I go off, I go off on tangents of how your mind can convince you of so many things, Uh like physical and mental. It's wild. I mean,
1: and and this was like my great-grandparent generation, so like long ago.
0: I still feel like that might have happened today, though
1: i don't have again anecdotal evidence based on things that i know of the past i do not know anyone who is currently a priest and and an alcoholic um so i can't guarantee
0: wrong being a priest and being an alcoholic correct no no no. i'm not saying that wine is still an alcohol
1: yes so i'm not saying anything about i'm not judging your choices in life i join the priesthood become a a recover from your alcoholism absolutely Absolutely. I I encourage both. Um, yes. But I don't currently know anyone in that position to find out if... Oh, it still goes. If that is still we'll the message research. that is.
0: Yeah. I'll research it.
1: I do know some priests who are not alcoholics, but who do enjoy drinking when they are not
0: at work. Well, they are Catholic, and that <laughs> is a running theme in Catholicism, um, <laughs> drinking, so... A lot of them started in the Irish, yeah, the Irish Catholics, you know, that's all they do is drink, so. The Polish are also. Oh, the Polish, yeah. Those will yeah. get you, too. So, there you go. Now that I've just, like, alienated yeah. everyone in my entire world. It's Spanish, I mean, you know, every, all the Catholics are drinking, it doesn't matter where you're from. A lot of the, the early or early ports of Catholicism were, and the Brits left the Catholic Church and they still drink. Yeah, well, they did a lot of things with church times. They don't, they don't know what religion is. They pick and choose, much like the Baptist. So it's fine, it's fine. We're not, we're not condemning religions here. It's
1: no, not, not at doing. all.
0: We're that isn't genuinely not what we're doing. It just sounds. It is that right. way. <laughs> it just <laughs> sounds that way. I I was raised Baptist, but also my mom's Catholic. So I I am a. This is coming from a place of knowledge and being. Yeah, I. People, I've um, you are just Catholic all the time. No, I'm every not. Day life. You are no. you teach a Catholic school. Well, no, I went to Catholic school. I teach at a Catholic school. I was baptized Catholic. I am not. Catholic. Well, no, yeah, but like your everyday <laughs> life, if I feel yeah. like not maybe your personal life, but yeah, you're no. wrapped up in it. Like, I was yes. never baptized Catholic, but I felt like I was Catholic the whole time I was a loyal look. It was all that I had every day, right? And yeah. so, you know, but. Yeah. Speaking of the UK, though, when they, so they found this movie very disturbing, as many do, yeah. uh, so a lot of their, like, towns banned it, and yeah. so because of that, this very fun invention came along that people created what they called exorcist bus trips. They oh my god, go, I heard about that. I had never heard about this. It is it's, fat. they just put them on buses and shipped them to the next town that it was allowed in, and it was like, what Like, does this happen for other movies is can we get on a bus train for films like it's it's so strange do we have band book bus tours i was just about to say that i was just about to say that like we have bus vans we have library vans that go around why not put some band books in one and send it to people yeah i uh i just have i i think it's far away now i was like it was right here in my like read band books pin it was just right here mm, nice like I've removed it to a a bag somewhere um yeah so another thing about william friedman yeah he's jewish he's not catholic is but it free- is it friedman or Friedkin? i think it's Friedkin. now the you say oh, okay um let's see isn't it friedkin it's friedkin i just keep saying okay. friedman. my apologies um but he is not catholic he is jewish however at the end of this filming of this thing he considered like converting to catholicism he ended up not, but he did consider it, and he yeah. also was like so freaked out by the process that he asked one of the like guys working on it was like a technical guy on the set to do an exorcism on the set, and like to clear any bad energies, and the guy was like that's not my job i don't do that and so <laughs> they ended up calling a priest in who didn't do an exorcism but he did come to the set and say blessings over it and convince them that everything was okay so they could keep going on which to be fair their first step burned completely down which put off uh uh, yeah like actually, there's like a murder uh, on
1: the team like it, it yeah some, like, no things. a lot of the stuff that i know about the behind the scenes movie is because i watched like a like 45 minute screen rant video about haunted movie sets exorcist and is one of the like this, some of the, the shit that happened yeah. on the side of this movie is bonkers yeah
0: that's why i feel like i've like mentioned some of it in passing before so yeah. i didn't too much into that side of it um yeah no it was it was wild i thought that was so funny though that they had to have a priest come out um to do that so also so uh linda blair's yeah, linda blair was yeah. not so she was with an agency at the time but it was she was not the one they recommended for the show they actually recommended 30 other actors over her the reason she got the part was because her mom drove her to the audition and sent her in she was never sent by her agency and she ended up being the one they picked and so that was fun Um, Um, my favorite fact about Linda Blair
1: has absolutely nothing to do with this it's um, just the line from the last five years where uh, Kathy is really upset that they didn't cast her in a musical but they cast Linda Blair in a musical which just is a comment on stunt casting Yeah, Um, but It makes me laugh every time.
0: I have not seen that, but maybe I'll watch it one day. Um, But I do have another fun fact about Linda Blair. So she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for the Oscar. um, But they nominated her before they knew that she's not actually the one who did the voice for The Demon. Because originally, um, Mercedes McCambridge had asked to not be credited And then the film did so well that she eventually came back in and tried to sue Warner brothers for not crediting her. And they credited her. Um, But because this didn't come out before they were like, it was such a big scandal. Apparently that like, she didn't actually do the voice. And that's what she was. She was getting nominated for someone else's work, which was shady, but you can't like remove a nomination once it's done. She didn't win obviously because of all the scandal. But I was like, "Uh," and I think that's her only Oscar nom. Like, that she's had, yeah. So that's rough, but you know, life life goes on. Um, this was Jason Miller. This was his uh film de- debut. I've already I heard read that, today, but he was one of the main guys.
1: He was the he was um, Caracas, the younger priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah or, you're right,
0: Caris. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the one. He also actually a priest. Um, I think so. There were a lot of them. I was reading about it and a lot of them actually were priests that were on this, and, like, there were some of the, like, staff in the hospital and stuff were actually NYU, st- like, medical staff. Um, so there were a lot of people on this film that were not actually actors. They were just in the right profession to be involved. Um, I think he was a priest, and I think, I mean, um, who is it? Yeah, no, he was. He was a- no, uh, Ellen Burstein's a minister now, but some one of the other guys was also a priest. Um, oh, this is kind of funny. So Ellen Burstein. Yeah, he was, he was a, yeah, uh,
1: Jason Miller was a Jesuit priest who was a teacher at a Jesuit school.
0: Yes. Yes, that sounds correct. I did look that up. I forgot. Um, yeah, it was, it was strange how much like this movie intertwined with like real life for these people. Which probably made it worse for them when they were. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Ellen Burstein was in Tucson filming. Alice doesn't live here anymore. When The Exorcist was opening in that city, and so she went to the theater to like see the opening, and she was like seeing everyone's reactions to different scenes and everything. Obviously, yeah. And she like saw someone who looked like they were about to pass out after the movie was over, and so she watched them and like she kept following them out of the th- like towards the exit of the theater. And they fell backwards to pass out, and she caught them. And then she thought about it, and she was like, I can't be the first face they see. Oh, yeah, no, for <laughs> when sure. They eyes. So she had to, like, grab another person who was at the theater, like a random person, and be like, Can you take care of this you person? Do because this, this is going to be terrifying if I'm the next face that they see after they've just passed out from my movie. Yeah. And that I was like, would be awful. So funny. Um, yeah um Yeah. so that was that so like you said this was nominated for best picture it is in fact the only horror movie that's been nominated for best picture other than get out i was gonna say get out is the only other one yep those are the only two because there's movies that like fall under similar genres silence of the lambs jaws and there was one more but they're silence not of- listed as horror films
1: I'm trying to think what the, the other one was more shocking to me that it wasn't listed as horror than Sounds of Limbs and down. Jaws.
0: I didn't write it down. I was like, I can't remember. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, Sixth Sense. Yes. Yeah.
1: No, okay, that's fair that it wouldn't be listed as yeah. horror.
0: Those were the other three that they were like, would have run up against it, but they weren't listed as thriller. I mean, yeah. Thriller, so, well,
1: I mean, but then there was also that moment that when Get Out got nominated for Best Comedy. Right,
0: right. I mean, to be fair, get out earned whatever they wanted. They, I thought that was really well written and and executed. Like, I figured out a lot throughout, but I didn't figure out all of it until the end.
1: Oh, that's so, so good,
0: so yeah. good. That was. I need to go watch the new one. Um, Nope. I, I haven't, haven't watched... seen.
1: I haven't seen us I, yet. I, either. I haven't watched that one
0: either. I haven't watched I us or. To, I need to watch us and Nope, but I need to not be alone and in the dark to be there i think i watched i think i watched get out on a plane like that's why i watch all my like horror movies is on a plane um this is really cute uh so ellen Burstein at the end of filming so she wore a horseshoe bracelet to make it look like she had like the worst possible like trinket that was supposed to be like luck against the demons and so she wore this horseshoe bracelet throughout the entire film. And then at the very end of filming, she ended up giving it to uh, Linda um, Blair. And yeah. then years later down the road, they ran into each other at an airport. And Linda Blair was still wearing the bracelet that she had given her. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, hi. Uh, I, I promise I'm almost done. I have like three facts left. Um, producers wanted Jamie Lee Curtis to actually play Reagan in the film. But Janet Lee said no. <laughs> So, Jada Lee was like, this is not going to work for my child. Um, Which Marcia- is then crazy
1: because Halloween
0: only came out five years later. Right? But ha- to be fair, Halloween was not as disturbing. It didn't have as disturbing. That's it. true.
1: And and um, Jamie Lee's character did not have to do any of the graphic violent
0: yeah. stuff. There was no violent. It was no, like yeah no it wasn't hitchcocky or anything so no no, that was good um speaking of alfred hitchcock was actually um offered the film before it went into filming and he turned it down and then they also tried to bring him in as director again after it was after it started filming and he turned it down again so i wonder what would have happened if this was a hitchcock film the music would would have been the music would have been better they would have had a better musician for sure but this guy like uh not, not that the music is bad it just would have been used better well and the thing is like william Freakin went through so many people trying to find the right music and it just never it should never landed, yeah. Like, um and then so mercedes mccambridge who played did the demon voice and yeah. was like kind of the backup for linda blair her and linda blair have never met in real life like just have never met each other and i was like that's Great. weird um Two, 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 two. This is Ozzy's favorite movie. He saw it eight times in theaters. Who oh, was Ozzy? Osborne. Ozzy oh, Osborne.
1: okay, that makes sense. I was like, <laughs> no. but you just like said it so casually. Like Ozzy was like one of our friends that I was
0: supposed to know. He's kind of one of my friends. I work with his songs. <laughs> Talk about him every day at work. So we're not besties by any means, but right. If I hear Ozzy, that's all I think of. Um. So I have two more things about. William Friedkin. One week after the film released, some they called him up to ask if he wanted to film a, um if he wanted to do the second one. And he just said, hell no, and hung up the phone. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, no, this is about uh, the writer, William Blatty. The cabin that he was in that time he was like away, that he wrote The Exorcist in, used to belong to Angela Lansbury.
1: Isn't that wild? That's wild. This is why it took me so long to do my notes. Murder, she
0: wrote. (laughs) Murder, he wrote. Like, that's why it took me so long to do my notes, because there's so much. There were 512 (laughs) trivia facts, and I didn't get through all of them on INTV, And it was so much. Um, And last, speaking of people that were playing themselves in this movie, however, this is probably a little more unethical than a few of the other ones, Uh, the mental patients that were in the hospital scenes were actual mental patients that they caught on hidden cameras. Not all of them, probably, but it seems a large portion of them. So, Cute. that's cool.
1: Uh, my favorite fun fact about this movie is that um, the w- old the Greek woman who played Damien's mother mm-hmm. um, had never acted before. They like found her in a grocery store. And she reminded both uh, Freakin oh, yeah. and Patty of their own mother. And so they just put her in the movie.
0: Yep. I did see that. That was, that was funny. I was like, well, you know, this, I feel like that's how this movie was cast. Like, so many of <laughs> these people <are> not acting. <laughs> they were just before. like, they were like, you just, sure, you look like some guy you I knew before. Friend. You can go. Um, yeah. I don't remember. How do we do movies? Do we punch people in the face still in movies? Is that a thing we do? Sure. I mean, I, I- guess. I, I know it hasn't been that long since we've done a movie, but I just don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't That's, know that I um, have an MVP. I don't know that I have an MVP
1: <laughs> or somebody I would punch in the face. I really just feel... Final thoughts?
0: <laughs> you have final thoughts? I hope that TV shows better. Yes, because on that note, for our next season, as we like to do, we pick out a film, and then we watch the modernized version of it. We will be watching the 2016 yep, uh, TV series of The Exorcist. I have no idea how it is related to the movie. I think I read somewhere how it was related, and I do not remember. So I don't know. if it's I'm, pretty sure, I'm
1: pretty sure that what I read was that it's a direct sequel to the first movie and pretends that all of the sequel movies don't exist. Interesting. That'll be, um, that'll be a fun adventure. Unless that's what I read about the new movie and not about the TV show. I don't remember.
0: Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we'll all find out together, I guess. I because guess that's so. what we're going to start next week is with episode one. You can find it on Hulu as of today, which is July 14th. <laughs> um, I did double check today that you can find it on there. Um, so let's hope it stays there at least long enough for us to get through the show. Um but yeah, so that'll that'll probably be a fun time though. I mean, we had a great time doing Bates Motel after watching yeah. Psycho, so I'm hoping it's the same experience mm-hmm. with an exorcism show. Which, to be fair, exorcism is one of my least favorite of the horror genres. I'm, yeah, I'm not really a so, fan of demon stuff. But- yeah, I but I feel demon like I feel demon and exorcism are separate genres. I get it; they're not. I get that they're the same concept, but like Insidious is demon to me. And that terrifies me. And I don't want to watch it because I can't sleep. But then there's the exorcism movies like this. And I'm like, These, this is not scary. Yeah. But it feels like the same story over and over. Which is not always true either. But I'm excited to be pleasantly surprised and enjoy all of it. Because all right. it's going to be amazing. I know it. I feel it in my bones. If not, it'll be nothing else but a fun time. Yeah. So, it'll be at least at least our take on it will be amusing. Yes. At least you will enjoy us probably. We're always fun because we are also funny. Um, And if you want to talk to us about it or have thoughts or if you've seen it and don't want to spoil it but you want to tell us if you liked it or not, you can email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can find us on all of the social media at deathandaliens. You can find me at cecloud13. And you can follow me everywhere at
1: emkay underscore superstar.
0: And we will see you Sunday for our season four premiere of Stargate SG-1. See ya!